This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 403. And the quote of the day is, you begin to fly when you let go of self-limiting beliefs and allow your mind and aspirations to rise to greater heights. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's up, boys and girls? It is Nick Ruffini here, and this is episode 403 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And no, you're not seeing double, and you're not going crazy. This is another episode with Craig Ballantyne. And I had Craig on the podcast back in April, episode 384. And we do a whole definitive guide to goal setting. And I got a lot of, I got a ton of feedback about it, but I also got a lot of questions about one of the specific goal setting things, which was, uh, it was called social self. So what your social self goals are, which essentially is like networking. So I reached out to Craig and I was asking him some questions about it. And he said, Hey, why don't I just come back on and we'll just talk about networking and growing your personal influence and all that sort of stuff. So this information is amazing. If you want to sort of get the prequel to this, then you should go check out episode 384 that was released on April 20th of 2018. So episode 384 is good for that. This is all about networking. This is like we're calling it the no BS guide to networking. Also, you can also win a copy of his book. He's giving away a couple copies to the audience. And the way that you win is participating in DR60. So if you don't know what DR60 is, this is a way for me to reward the people who follow our Instagram account and interact with the content on a regular basis. So here's what you do. Step one, you turn on your post notifications in Instagram to make sure that as soon as we post something, you see it. Step two is as soon as we post something, you'll get a notification. We want you to go and leave a comment on that post and use the hashtag DR60. 60, why why I did DR60? I want you to comment within the first 60 seconds. And don't just leave a thumbs up or something like that. Leave a comment that actually adds to the conversation and use the hashtag DR60 and that's, that's it. That's how you win. Step one, turn on your post notifications. Two, comment on the post. Use the hashtag DR60. And you, and it's not just for the book. I'm giving you away gear. Like I got symbols. I got microphones. I have practice pads. I have consulting calls. I have all kinds of stuff here that I'm giving away to the audience. So there's a lot of stuff that we're giving away. So be sure to do that on Drummer's Resource Instagram page. Just use the hashtag DR60. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let Craig start talking about some networking. Let's get into it with my man, Craig Ballantyne. Craig, my man, welcome back. How are you? Hey, I am awesome. This is going to be so much fun. Dude, so this is... This is uh, this is a quick follow up. I mean, we just I just had you a couple, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. But one of the things that that I got so for anybody listening, just to preemptive uh, preemptively say this: if you if you're listening now, listen to the first episode that Craig and I did, where we really unpack a lot of stuff with with goal setting and achieving and things like that. But this is going to get a little bit more granular because what I realized is 
uh, after Craig, after you and I talked, you know, we talked about the four things that you suggest where everyone's focus is in terms of goal setting. So it's health, wealth, social self, and personal enrichment. And a lot of people were emailing me asking me why I didn't ask you about some social self goals and, and how to really achieve those and what some of those, what steps would look like. And to me, that's sort of like, that's networking, right? Is that what you consider social self? Yeah, definitely. Getting to grow and expand your network and your sphere of influence. Um, playing up a level in life is another thing that I comment about because, you know, just for some background on folk for folks, I'm a farm boy in from Canada, you know, grew up with nothing. And today I'm a pretty well connected person in that you can drop me into pretty much every major American city, every uh, and plenty of major cities around the world, and I could pretty much find a, a friend. So, you know, it's, and it's not to brag. I'm not being a braggart about it. I'm just saying, hey, look, if I can do it, I'm also very introverted, was a very introverted person. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. So what were the, what were some of the first steps that you, you started to, to put into play and how do you, and because I want to talk about how other people can start to do this because the biggest, I mean, with any business, with any, with any um, area of expertise, whatever it is. It's all about who you know, what they know about you, the friends that you have, the relationships that you have, especially in the music business, because you get hired for you get hired by people who know you, who like you, who trust you and who have either worked with you before or get a recommendation from somebody else. So the number one question I always get is, how do I connect with people who are operating at a higher level than I and I that I am because I have nothing to offer them? I don't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. You've heard all the excuses. Yeah, totally. And I'm going to say it comes down to critical credibility. Now, critical credibility is much like celebrity in that you can manufacture it. So today we see manufactured celebrity everywhere. And it's not it doesn't mean that you're lying about anything. It means that you're leveraging uh, many things that you might not think are important to you. Because there's a lot of that fabrication, too. Yeah, especially yeah. online where it's like, you know, the guys taking pictures in their in their private jets where where you know they're it's not really theirs or they're not really right. flying they've on it, it. For, they've rented it for an hour not even to fly on it yeah there's, a, there's I, an it, airport it down the street from my house that you can go and take pictures in a private jet and it's like you know 75 bucks for like 20 minutes <laughs> <It's fantastic. laughs> hey, hey, and, and listen as long as nobody says this is my private jet then you know what you know what it's all fun and games because right, where right. do you draw the line like, if <laughs> right. you can't do that if you can't do that, then you can't do one in front of somebody's car that's not yours and so on and so forth. But right. but here's the thing. Here's the thing is that for me, what I was able to do when I was a young man, I was writing an email newsletter all the time. So first of all, I was taking action. And just by showing up, I think there's an old Woody uh, Allen quote that like success is like you know 60% or 80% of success is showing up. Right. And in fact, that is kind of true today because – and, and when I started out with email newsletters, no one was writing an email newsletter. Now everybody has an uh, email newsletter. But today, everyone should be doing video, but is not doing video because they're too scared to do it. And just by the fact of showing up and doing video, you all of a sudden elevate yourself. It's very much like when you go to a, a seminar or something and you see guys speaking on stage, all of a sudden that guy or girl, uh, that person on stage is elevated in their status. They have critical credibility. Now they might be terrified. They might be like wetting their pants backstage, but you know, to the audience, they have that elevation, that critical credibility of, mm -hmm. Oh, that person was a speaker. Now you have a position of strength. And so to wrap it all up, Nick, it's like, 
okay, what have you done in the past? Have you done a demo session with XYZ, you know, in their, uh, you know, maybe like in somebody's solo project, you know, so you've been in, in a demo session with, you know, this person from, you know, Chris Novacek or whatever from Foo Fighters during one of his solo sessions or something. So maybe you've had that. And maybe it was just one demo session, or maybe it was you played with somebody who's famous now and you played with them 10 years ago. You did do that. And that is critical credibility that you need to use. You're not lying, but you are making a a big deal out of it. And so what I did to go back and circle this to what I did when I was starting out is, again, as a poor, broke student, struggling farm boy, relatively introverted tendencies, I used my ability that I was writing for Men's Health. I was lucky. I got an article in Men's Health magazine when I was 25 years old. And How, now, did, you, how did you do that? Because I'm guessing a lot of people would want to write for drum magazines. Yeah, and I'm the worst guy to ask because here's what I did. I, as I mentioned <laughs> before, I had the email newsletter. And I was sending the email, email newsletter out. And then one day I found the fitness editor for Men's Health. I found his email and I sent him one of my newsletters. And the next day he said, hey, we're going to put this in the magazine. This is, this is like, this is like, you know, some girl going to the food court at the mall and being discovered by a modeling agency. That's what happened to Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, he was waiting on someone and, and, uh, they cast him, but here's the, here's the rub though, or here's the punchline I should say is that you were taking action. If you weren't doing those things, it's like, yeah, maybe you got lucky, but if you hadn't been putting in the work and creating that thing to begin with, it would have never happened. Yeah, and I, and I bet you Ashton did the same thing that I did after, which was we made the job easier for those people after. So, you know, I'm sure lots of people get, you know, spotted and given an opportunity. But then after somebody's given an opportunity, most people waste the opportunity. Now, for me, what I noticed quickly was that and everybody who wants to write for a drumming magazine, think about this or even a, a website. Editors are the most overworked and underpaid people in the world. Now, as a drummer, you might say, wait a minute, we're the most overworked and underpaid people in the world. And I can, I can totally respect that. But editors are super overworked and underpaid. And it's even worse now than it was in 1999 because, you know, the jobs are getting chopped everywhere. So these people are on crazy strict deadlines and they're not getting paid very much. And I realized that right away. So whenever they would send me an article and, hey, like, can you do a fact check on this really quickly? We need a turnaround of two o'clock. I would get it back to him immediately. And most people would not. And I'm sure Ashton Kutcher did something like some follow up or, you know, he kept on showing up and he kept on doing the right things. He kept on doing what he was told to do or asked to do, whereas most people don't. And a lot of people in my position, they did not get back to the editors and they were like, well, we can't go to this source again. So all of a sudden I started getting a lot of opportunity. And then from that, Nick, I leveraged that into being able to show up in any conversation in the future as, oh, that's the guy from men's, you know, who has connected with Men's Health Magazine. Now, I will say one other tip um, that my one of my friends used to get into magazines, which was not as uh, serendipitous as mine. But my friend, John Romanello, who actually ended up with a New York Times bestselling book because of this, what he did was every Tuesday at 11 o'clock in the morning, he emailed the fitness editor of Men's Health Magazine. It was a different guy because it was several years, it was almost uh, 12 years later, but he did that and he got ignored for like six weeks. And then all of a sudden this editor is like, here comes that John guy again with his, you know, it's 1059. I bet she's going to send me another email. Sure enough, he does. And, and eventually he breaks the guy down. And so if you're persistent, you will get it. If you're consistent, you will keep it. If you're persistent, mm, you will get that. it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not my quote. I found it from a guy named Jim Quick on Instagram. But it is a really, you know, he probably didn't invent it either. But if you are persistent, you will get it. If you're consistent, you will keep it. And that pretty much defines my career. So, you know, th- those are all the things that you need to think of. What what leverage point can you have? Did you did you play with a band? Did you play at a big show? Did you play with a sp- certain person? Did you, you know, have you played on some albums? Have you played somewhere, somewhere where you can just leverage that into critical credibility so you show up? with a position of strength where you show up with a little bit of chutzpah behind you, you know, giving you that credibility where you can get yourself an opportunity, really. It's get your foot in the door because of. And so I got my foot in the door um, with people higher up than me in my industry, which was strength and conditioning at the time, you know, the workout world. And I was able to interview all these guys who were famous strength coaches. And I interviewed them for my website and it was a benefit to them because I'm like, hey, I'm going to get your book in front of my 3,000, 5,000, eventually 10,000, 20,000 readers. And of course, they were like, of course, I'll give you an interview. First of all, you're the men's health guy and you got a following. So every single thing that is a leverage point for you, you, you know, what would be a really good idea is everybody listening, take out a piece of paper right now and just, you know, brainstorm, just write everything down, brain dump everything that's in your head about what you have done. Even if you think it's not important, just like list and maybe get some help from somebody else who's like, oh, yeah, you forgot about when you played at that festival or when you played with this band or when you did this session. And once you have it all down, you be like, holy cow, my portfolio is actually not too bad here. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about strategically connecting with somebody, you can think of, oh, well, you know, he's connected to this band and I played with this band's uh, the lead singer's sister in this band. So we have that. It's like the Kevin Bacon game, right? You know, you're Mm -hmm. six degrees separated from everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually say that now in the world of social media, we're like three degrees of separation from everybody. I mean, you give me a name and I could get there in two or three connections because of, you know, fortunately, because I have a very big Rolodex, but also because of social media, you can get to people a whole lot faster than ever. Mm -hmm. So think about it that way. Putting together, it's, it's like connecting the dots. And this is a way that that my mind works. And even when I'm problem solving for somebody, it's like, okay, here's where you want to get to. How do we connect the dots given the arsenal in your toolbox and the connections that you have? And with those two things, you really, really can elevate yourself so you can play up a level so you can have a a conversation with somebody who you think is way out of your league. Nobody is. Nobody is because it's all going to come back to some common background. Is that helpful? Yeah, of course. You know, the interesting thing is when when we're in the moment and we're thinking about where we stand in terms of credibility and being able to reach out to people, you know, it's easy to say, well, I haven't really done anything. You know, I haven't accomplished anything. And I've known this for myself, like looking back and, you know, writing out your bio or writing out all the stuff that you've done. Then you, I agree. You look at it and you're like, oh, <clears throat> I actually, I'm kind of accomplished, you know, whether, whether, you know, it's, it's that you played on all these records and won Grammy awards and everything, but just looking at your resume, you're like, oh, I've actually done more than, you know, more than I think I have. And, and, you know, you can craft it to make it not disingenuous, but you can make it that it's, uh, that it gives you a lot of credibility, but what's your suggestion for what if you don't have any, what if you're looking like you're, you're just getting started. You're just trying to start to connect to people. Uh, what are your what are your tips on that? Well, then I would be very specific because I would figure out who is it that I want to get to and what are the dots that I would connect if I had them? Because a lot of people, 
you know, they just won't, they just don't plan out and aren't strategic enough. But if you have clarity and focus about who you want to get connected to, then you can get there a lot faster. You know, it's very much like, you know, cliche, like if, how do you get, you know, if you want to get to New York from California, you don't start swimming across the, the Pacific Ocean, you know, you start figuring out, okay, well, how can I get, you know, to here and to here and to here and to here to get to New York City? So work it backwards. You know, who does, who do you know that knows a lot of people that, that can connect you to somebody? Okay, what do you need to do to impress that first person on the, uh, the stair steps to the higher level? And then you just work, work your way up. Like, for example, I could be connected to Elon Musk in, two, in uh, three connections. So first of all, I know this guy, Joe Paul. He's a coaching client of mine. I'm in his mastermind group. He and I are very good friends. He knows a lot of people. He knows this guy, Peter Diamandis, who runs this thing called Abundance 360, which is um, all about the future and blah, blah, blah. And he knows Elon Musk. So if Joe and I sat there and thought, hey, how can we impress Peter Diamandis with what you have, Craig, with your knowledge, your expertise? How could you add value to him? Then we can do that. And then we, you know, once I become friends with Peter, then I could have that same conversation with Peter Diamandis about Elon Musk. So that's the same thing that everybody listening Hey, listen, if you want to play on, you know, some tour with certain bands or whatever it is you want to do, you need to back yourself out. Just reverse goal set your way to finding the person that you want to connect with. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you mentioned that a, a little while back was the idea that you were going out and interviewing those those people. And when I started this podcast, I wasn't really thinking about it then, but I definitely see the value of it now with me having this podcast. It's given me a a reason to contact people and it's given me sort of an in to contact anyone and connect with them because it gives me a reason to call them. I'm not just cold emailing them. I'm saying, hey, I would love to talk to you, have you on the podcast, whatever it is. And this podcast opens a lot of doors for me. A oh my goodness. You're, yeah, you're like the 9,000th person to say that. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, take a look at like a guy like Lewis House. He has a very popular podcast. I mean, I think he started the podcast with the idea of like, hey, I'm going to interview my interesting friends. And soon he probably had an aha moment. Oh, wait a minute. Having a podcast, especially one growing in popularity, lets you get to some very high level people. Mm -hmm. And then it just, you know, it just keeps on going next level, next level, next level, next level. And it really, really is very, very valuable. So podcasts or video interviews or anything that you can do that that is of value to the other person is going to help expand your circle. And so podcasting has, has been massive for so many people. Video, um, blogging, all that stuff uh, is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article a while ago about how to get a job in the music business, and one of them was start something. So start a website, start a, you know, start a blog, start a podcast, something like that to give you a reason to network with people. And, and if you can offer them a platform where, you know, with me, I have an audience, so there's, there's incentive for people to come on and, and – Again, I didn't think about this in the beginning. I wasn't like, oh, this is a good way for me to, to to network with people and everything. I just wanted to put out a great podcast. But yeah, like Lewis, I sort of had that aha moment. And he's, you know, he's gone to the moon. I mean, he has the same manager as Justin Bieber. So uh so he's definitely he's definitely used it as a as a leverage point for sure. Yeah, and I'll say one thing is that you 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 know like you started the podcast with one idea in mind and the next thing you know you're you're down different directions and so that is something that happens with almost anybody's journey in life i'm sure lewis had big visions for his podcast but probably didn't expect it to be going the way that it goes today and so 
all, you know, you're going to start thinking like, Hey, I'm going to join, uh, start this for this. And all of a sudden an opportunity is going to come up and you have to be flexible enough to see it, see the bigger opportunity and to roll with it and to go, of course, if you want to do it, you're not going to do something you don't want to do. But that's the cool thing about taking action and starting anything. Like you said in that article, get started. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the level of people uh, that that we should try to connect with. Because my thought is this: that if you if if you're trying to operate or you're trying to get to people who are operating at a higher level than you, you don't want to go to someone who's nine levels above you. Like for me, I'm not going to go to Elon Musk today. I want to try to. I, I think of it as like a ladder where you want to go to someone who's a little bit higher and then connect with them and then go to someone who's a little bit higher, go to someone who's a little bit higher. Do you agree with that? The most important thing is that you go to somebody with value for them. So there's a great book by a guy named Keith Ferrazzi called Never Eat Alone. Mm-hmm. And he has a line in it that I have written down in several places on my computer in several notes. And it's, it's very, very simple. And if you follow this rule, I call it the you know, there's the golden rule of life. Well, this is a platinum rule of networking. And it goes like this. Ease their pain, help their kids. Ease their pain and help their kids. So it doesn't matter what level they are on. If I mean, you're not going to show up their doorstep, obviously, and you're not going to root through their garbage to figure out what their pain is. But, you know, if you're a couple steps removed from somebody or you could, you're one introduction away from somebody and you have something super valuable for them, that can ease their pain. Like maybe there's some drummer with like wicked carpal tunnel syndrome and you know, you've got the solution for it and you've helped all these other people. And maybe, you know, some guy that you've helped knows this guy. Well, then that's a place where it doesn't matter if this drummer's, you know, 19 levels above you, you have validity to go to him. You have, it's, it's okay to, you know, ask for that introduction because you're going to add such tremendous value to that person that it's, it's going to help them. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter if the person is, you know, 19 levels or one level above them. If you go to them with nothing, you shouldn't have gone to them in the first place. And what that means is the worst thing that a high performer wants to hear in an introduction is, hey, can I pick your brain? Okay. Or actually even worse, hey, can I take you up for coffee and pick your brain? Right. Because like as if the high performer has nothing better to do in their life than to go out with every single person. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got like 40 hours a week for people to pick my brain and buy me coffee. Like, right. you know, that's, yeah. So you, you know, it's, it really matters more than the level is the value that you have to offer someone. And so, uh, you know, keep, keep in mind that you have very limit, you know, the, the higher you go up, the very uh, fewer bullets in your gun, you know, you, you only mm-hmm. have one shot at this relationship. So you don't want to go too soon to somebody. Right. You want it, you know, that's why it is easier to work your way up. If they're just one level above you, you can screw it up and, you know, you'll be able to get another chance with them eventually. But, but that's really key and really important. And then kind of a side thing to that is when you are introduced to somebody, this is a tip from Tim Ferriss that is also worth writing down, is you always want to write your own introduction. Always write your own introduction. If you're speaking at an event, write your own introduction and make sure that they read it as you have written it, because that then positions you in the eyes of the person and the audience that you're being introduced to. Make sure that if someone's going to email, uh, send an email intro between you and somebody else, that they are given a paragraph about you written by you so that you are properly introduced to the person. Because again, the higher up that person, 
You only get one shot to make that first impression. And if that mm. first impression is made by somebody else, you have to control it. Sure. So, yeah. So going back to that whole ladder question, you know, let's say somebody's five levels up from you. You have an opportunity to ease their pain or help their kids. You need to make sure that whoever is introducing you to that person, and it really should be a third party introduction, not by yourself, that you write the script whether it's, you know, an in-person script, like, hey, when you introduce me to Joe at the concert, make sure you say this and this, or like, here's exactly what you say in the email when you send it. And I've trained people, uh, you know, my friends, my colleagues, my clients, when they're introducing me to a future prospect, that it is uh, specifically written out, or at least in some type of format, so that in addition to it properly setting up the communication, like, you know, there should be a lot, you know, if someone introduced you and I, Nick, I should be given good information about you and you should be given, given good information about me, not just like, hey, Nick, meet Craig, Craig, meet Nick. I'll let you guys take it from here. That's not right. a good introduction, obviously. Right. So there's first of all, it should be good background info. And then kind of I always try and make sure there's like, oh, and you guys will also get along because you both have been on Lewis's podcast. Mm-hmm. OK, great. So now not only have you given background, but you've seated the conversation so that when we got on the phone. We don't waste five minutes going, uh, yeah, so it sounds like you're doing some cool stuff. Yeah, you too. You know why uh, John made this intro? No, not really, but uh, you know, it's good to get on the phone. I mean, listen, nobody has time for that stuff, but if we can get on the phone and say, hey, I saw you were on Lewis's podcast. Yeah, yeah, I had him on mine too. Oh, you got a podcast? Let's, I got one too. Let's, let's uh, do our podcast and, and go from there. Like At mm-hmm. least that moves ahead. So, so as much information, I mean, we want to go about this very structured because that is a great way of, of moving ahead as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you mentioned about reaching when you're reaching out to people is having some value because a lot, of, I mean, for me, I get, I get hundreds of requests a week to, you know, same. Can I come, can I buy you coffee? Can I pick your brain? Whatever it is. And I'm like a, you know, I've a, a nothing audience compared to a lot of these other guys, you know? And yeah. so I can't imagine how many times like Gary V gets asked for coffee. But, <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of the time, there's nothing, there's no substance there. And the people are either going with their hand out asking for something, or they don't even know really why they want to connect with the person. They just want to, they just want to connect with Gary V or they just want to, you know, have that person in their Rolodex. But if it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily see the point in that unless you can add some value and there's some reason for you to have a relationship with that person. Yeah. That makes a great, great point. When you said you don't want to meet Elon Musk and the other, the whole thing would be, I don't really want to eat, meet Elon Musk either. Cause it would just be like, there'd be no, there'd be no point to it. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a very great comment that you made. Make sure that you have a really good reason and make sure, first of all, that you're going, you know, even if you want to, you know, get something from them, you have to go and give them something first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the only time you should want an introduction with somebody is when you're ready to give and then you have earned the right to maybe eventually ask them for a favor uh, right. or, you know, to to throw a proposal their way. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, speaking of Gary Vaynerchuk, I, I spoke at a conference with him, uh, I don't know, like two years ago or something like that. And we're all hanging out in the green room and he was there and we were talking but, and you know, we were having a conversation, just kind of shooting the shit back and forth. But I was like, I don't really have anything. I don't have anything to offer you right now. And so I'm not really, I'm not going to ask to like get coffee with you or can we kick it or can we get a meeting or, or something like that? Because I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to offer. And I'm not just going to stand here with my hand out and be like, Hey man, I know that you've been 
you've been working your ass off for the last, you know, 15 years growing what you've grown. Uh, can you give me some of your time and give me some of that info for free? And I have nothing to offer you in return. Yeah. But you know, the great thing is, is that now you have spoken, you have shared the stage with Gary Vaynerchuk. So, so this is the manufacturing of the celebrity. You know, you spoke at the same, same event as Gary Vaynerchuk, you shared the stage. Like for example, my friend Pedro Schoolian and I, last year we shared the stage with Tony Robbins. And so we were at this event by my friend, Joe Polish, about 300 people there. And Joe's really good friends with Tony. And so on the Thursday of the event, Joe interviewed Tony Robbins on stage. And then the next day, Joe was interviewing me and my friend Pedro Schoolian on stage. And Pedro's even got to use the same, you know, over the ear mic as Tony. So he tells that story all the time. He goes, you know, when Craig and I were sharing the stage with Tony Robbins, we went on after him. And, and sure enough, he got the uh, microphone that, uh, that, or I got the microphone that he used. And then I found out that, you know, because it's the same guy, the same guy who, you know, did the audio and lighting at the events also does all of Bedros's events. It turns out that uh, Tony was using the microphone that I've been using for years, you know, and so right. he just, you know, it's a manufactured celebrity story. But now, you know, Bedros has been elevated through association to the level of Tony Robbins. And so you can make of it what you want, but uh, you would be wise to use it for your advantage uh, right. in that manufactured celebrity. Right. There's funny in everyone's in, in every band's bio, it always says they shared the stage with, which is now like in the in the music industry. Now, that's sort of code for we didn't actually play with this person. We were either on the same bill at a festival right. or or uh, we played like the night before, or we were the fifth opening band for them, you know, and they right. they never knew who we were or something. Like that. <laughs> hey, it, it's as long as it's very, very true, you know, as long as it's true. Right. It's one thing to talk about how great Dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about Dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitors' prices, so that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great sounding symbol at a low price, check out DreamSymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about Dream Symbols, be sure to check them out at DreamSymbols.com. I want to get kind of granular with I'm fascinated by the zero to one because I think that everything gets a lot easier once you start building and you can start connecting the dots, but from zero to one of like how to get started. So if uh, I, I run into a lot of people that are very vague in what they're trying to accomplish and who they're trying to connect with. And it's just like, I want to connect with people who are operating outside of my level. So where where do you suggest that people start like day one sit you know they're sitting in their apartment they don't have any connections do they start trying to find conferences do they just start randomly emailing people like where where would you where would you suggest that they start to get to from zero to one well i think it starts with knowing where you want to be in a couple years from now so thinking ahead thinking ahead three years from now that's what i do it in my coaching programs we we work backwards. We say, okay, we're going to write the movie script of our life. What is your movie going to your your life going to look like in three years from now? Where do you want to be with your band? Where do you want to be with your finances? Where do you want to be with your personal relationships? Where do you want to be with your health? Great. Now I have a clear picture of 
you know, where you want to be in three years, Nick. Great. You want to be, you know, drumming on this tour. You want to be, uh, you know, your band at this level. You want to have uh, connections with these people. You want to be on tour six months of the year. And then you want to be on your farm in Connecticut six months of the year. Great. Okay. Very, very clear. Now, once we know where you want to get to, we just create a roadmap for getting there. And I, I use this little analogy that everybody in in life eventually ends up at Disney World. It's a dream destination for most families. Either you went as a kid like I did, or you're going to take your kids. And so, hey, listen, how do you get to Disney World, the dream destination in life? Well, it's very easy. You fly to Orlando, then you get in a rental car and you drive there thanks to the GPS. Getting to your dream destination is a straight line, straight line to success. And it's the same with this movie of your life. If we know exactly where we want to get to, it's a straight line to success. Here's what you have to do here. You have to do this, 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 and this. You have to get to know these people, these people, and these people. And when this opportunity comes along, you, you get to say no to it because it's a detour on the straight line of success. So knowing where you want to get to in a pretty specific manner allows you to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And then you course correct as you go along. Um, you know, new things will be, will come up that are completely out of the blue and you'll have to decide, does this take me to the dream destination or not? Once that's in place, you can reverse goal set it all the way out to who's the first person we need to contact right now. What's the first step we need to take right now? Because there's so many people that I meet that say to me, Craig, I want to write a book or Craig, I want to start a coaching program or Craig, I want to, you know, start a new band. And then you see them in a year from now and it's like, Craig, I want to write a book. Craig, I want to start a coaching program. Craig, I want to start a new band. <laughs> and, and, and they haven't taken the first step. So for me, the theme of what I do for people, one of the themes I always say is first steps. So when someone says, you know, man, I've been, I've been working a lot and my wife and I want to get back to like, you know, biweekly date night, you know, and I say, well, what steps have you taken on this recently? And they'll say nothing. And I'll say, okay, we'll pull out your calendar and let's, Put those dates in the calendar right now because that's the first step that we can take. Putting them on the calendar is action in the in the direction. Like you said in that article about getting a job in the music industry, take action. You have to do something. You can't just talk about it. So it's all about knowing where you want to get to and then figuring out the steps to get there. Um, a lot of it is very methodical for, for very many people. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is people don't know where to start. Like people – you know, it. So we're talking about okay. Here's your goal that you want in in three years. Here, like, if we're talking specifically, maybe you know about networking. Like, here's here's the people you want to connect with, and or here's the type of people you want to connect with. Maybe not specifically. Here's where I am now, and then start putting those, and then start putting that plan into into action. And I think a lot of people trip up because they're like, I I don't know where to start. I don't know where step one is. I don't know you know, what I need to do today, tomorrow, next week, next month. You know, I talk about that a lot with my wife too. Like, she'll be like, okay, I want to do this thing. She's like, what do we do tomorrow? Or what oh, do I do great. this morning when I wake up? Yeah. Well, you know, so first of all, what I would do is I would say, who's doing what I'm doing, what I want to do. Who's doing that right now? Mm -hmm. What path did they take? What can I learn from them? Success leaves clues. You know, like if you want to go and climb Mount Everest, you don't make up a new route. You go and follow the same route that everybody's ever taken before. You go in, you know, like I think it's April before the storms come. You go at that time. You have to go at a certain time of year. So we're not, you know, reinventing any wheels here. We figure out who's got what we want and what did they do and then who do they know. And if you want to play in a certain 
genre of music, then there's going to be some people who are like the nodes of connection, you know, like this person knows everybody in this industry. And you're like, okay, how can I get connected to that person first? Sometimes there's pay to play, you know, you might have to pay just like in my business, uh, a lot of mastermind groups, a lot of coaching programs, paying to be in the mastermind group connects you to so many people. So the pay to play thing does work in that. So it might be attending events. You want to be, make sure you're at the events that are appropriate for you and your future. And then you'll just start to naturally get to know a lot of the people. So, and this is coming from a guy who used to go to events and ask for a hotel room on a low floor so he didn't have to go in elevators with strangers. But even I made friends at events, you know, as hard as a, as my brain. Why, you tried. were that much of an introvert? Yeah. I wouldn't really? want to be in an elevator with strangers for even four floors. And really? so, you know, but I was able to overcome that. So if I can overcome that, I'm sure most drummers are a lot more social than I am. So you guys will have no problem making friends and getting connected. You'd be surprised just, though, yeah. man. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah, a lot I'm, of people. I'm, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. It's, um, you know, every, everybody's got their own tendencies and stuff. I mean, just because you play the drums doesn't mean you're a social extrovert. So, so it's really like, but there are certain things that you have to do and you have to take the steps and it's like getting out of comfort zones and, but it all starts with clarity, clarity first. And then that just shows you, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're not going to do. And, and the path becomes very clear with action. Mm -hmm. So if we were to put together like a tactical plan, let's say, okay, you want to day one, you're going to, you, you sit down, you figure out exactly maybe where you want to be in what, three years, uh, figure out who's done what you want to do, follow, <clears throat> follow some of the steps that they took, read about what they did, watch interviews, listen to podcasts, whatever it is, get as much information out there about them, read books. And then from there, slowly just starting to put one foot in front of the other, <clears throat> figuring out who you can connect with, how you can add value to them and how you can connect with them and slowly methodically start connecting with these people, start adding value to them, start developing a relationship and start working your way up the ladder. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than crossing the country or climbing, you know, climbing a mountain or whatever it is. It's somebody's done it before. How did they do it? And who do I need to know to make this go as quickly and fast as possible? Uh, what are the shortcuts? What are the hacks? How can we cut down our time on this? But you really nailed it in that, uh, you know, kind of the reverse goal setting. You just walk your way backwards, reverse engineer somebody's success. Now, of course, there's a lot of external factors, but let's at least control the factors that we can control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tips on becoming an extrovert when you're an introvert. It's very much like what you said with the getting a job in the music industry. You have to take action. So, so there's a there's a feedback cycle. I just did an Instagram live about this the other day, and basically anything in terms of whether you want to become a good drummer or whether you become want to become more extroverted, it's all the same feedback cycle, right? So, so right now you take a look at your performance. You assess your performance. You know, am I am I uh, you know do I drum too fast or what? I don't even know anything about drumming. So you know, like where are you with drumming? <laughs> no, Same most people you. drum too fast. <laughs> Okay, there you go. So Most I mean, people speed up. <laughs> you're drumming too fast on the hi-hat. I don't even know what the hi-hat is, but it sounds awesome. You and got so, it. <laughs> right. And then so, okay, that's where this you are. This whole time, I thought you were a professional drummer. What the I hell? I know, I know, I know. Definitely not a professional singer. So, you know, you're looking at, at where you are now. And the same with your social stuff. Like, get a really good um, – get, get your emotion unattached and your ego unattached and just take a look, an objective look at – how are you in social settings? 
You know, how are you acting? And maybe get a little bit of help from somebody else if you're a little bit clouded on your own performance. And then you go, okay, once we have identified where we are at, that's our baseline. Then we can identify, well, what causes me to act this way? And what are the consequences of me acting this way? So for me, what I realized was, is I'm a naturally a low energy type person. I like to take in information, but I could also train myself to be high energy. And that came about by doing a lot of videos and a lot of speaking, doing the painful work of watching myself on video um, and then watching high energy speakers. So I actually watched a lot of pastors of all things, you know, on YouTube uh, to see them speak in high energy. And then I also watched a lot of comedians like Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle to see them make transitions in their storytelling. So by modeling people, I was able to model my own uh, behavior pattern and improve it. And I also recognized that the later, you know, like at a a conference or something, if the dinner was at eight o'clock, I would not be at my best self. And so the best thing for me to do was to schedule a connection with a new person at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon over like a tea or coffee instead. So now I have better energy at that time of day just because of my circadian rhythm. So that was something that, you know, it gave me a boundary. Do not take dinner invites after eight, you know, after seven o'clock with brand new people because I wouldn't be at my best self Mm -hmm. unless I had a lot of caffeine. And so you identify that. So, you know, why are you drumming too fast or why are you introverted at post party, you know, post show parties or whatever, or at conference events? What can you do to change the rules of the game that fit into your peak performance? And then you go, and and that really is the next step, which is identifying options and solutions for all the obstacles in your way. So all I had to do was change the time of the meeting. And the next thing you know, I have a much better meeting. And that was something that I realized. And then from there, after you have gone and assessed your performance, identified why the performance is happening and the consequences. Okay, when this happened, you know, when I have the late dinner with somebody, I have a bad meeting. Therefore, I can't do that. And then coming up with options to circumvent the problem is the next step, identifying options and solutions for every obstacle in the way, and then going out and taking action. So we do a little bit of planning and preparation before we take the action. Nothing wrong with taking action first. You're going to get some feedback. But eventually what you want to do is is be a little bit uh, smarter with your actions so that you know what to do. You do more of what works and less of what doesn't. And then you get feedback. You get outside eyes on yourself, either through introspection and self-reflection. Like you might go and have a, a meeting with a, a manager or something. And then immediately when that meeting is over, don't just you know, go and do something else, but sit down and take notes and like, okay, the meeting started off awesome because I was prepared. I was high energy. Um, but then when he started asking me some questions, I was, you know, I, I was all over the place and, uh, you know, and he asked me like, what do I want to do next? I didn't know the answer. So next time I, I want to make sure I have these answers prepared and, you know, here's what else I can do. Maybe I can, you know, show up differently with, you know, what I'm wearing or more, maybe I just need to do more research on the manager next time because, you know, when you go to any meeting, the more prepared you are, the better. Mm-hmm. So, and then you, if, you know, someone else was there, you can ask them for feedback, set your ego aside. It's really difficult to set your ego aside though. Uh, whether it's your performance on the drums or whether it's your performance in a meeting, set your ego aside, ask for outside eyes, because these people are not emotionally attached to your performance. So they're going to give you a real objective review. And then you can go back and assess your new baseline. And then you just go through that cycle over and over and over and over again. And that's how we become better at anything. It's amazing. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's really neat. I mean, it's uh, when you're blessed, when you're put here on this earth with like so many flaws that you have to fix, eventually you figure out how to fix them a little faster. <laughs> right. I, I, I made a post the other day about how how everyone sort of on social media, it's their highlight reel and everyone sort of shows all the good things, but not all the flaws that they have. And, and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to perpetuate that lie. So I want to be as transparent as possible. And one of the things that's always interesting to me is that people think that high performers, people who uh, are extroverts, people who have a great network, whatever it is, people who play at the highest level, get all the tours and everything that they were just born that way. And that is not sure. There's an, the anomalies. Like I think guys like Gary Vaynerchuk are. Just, that's just naturally how they are. But for the rest of us, like someone like you or Tom Bilyeu, uh, who started Quest Nutrition, and he's like, admittedly, he's like, I'm the laziest guy you know. Um, I'm a procrastinator. I'm lazy. I'm this. I was overweight. I made excuses. I made all these things. And it's a shift in mindset. And it's it's something that you can work on and something that you can fix. And someone like you, who's an introvert now, is a complete extrovert. Has a whole rolodex of people that they can that you can reach out to. And you completely change the the trajectory of your life, career, business, all that stuff by working on by working on those things and and correcting them. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the lesson there is don't put yourself in the box of anything. Don't put yourself in the box of being an introvert or an extrovert or, uh, you know, a loud person, a quiet person. Don't put yourself in the box of, you know, being a social drinker or, or a drunk or anything. You know, just don't put yourself in a box at all because we're all we all live and exist on a scale. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. some days we're high energy and some days we're low energy. You put us around our best friends since you know middle school, and we're extroverts. You put us around strangers, we're introverts. So we all have tendencies and on these very sliding scales, but they can all be manipulated by our strength. Very much like you know anybody that's done any resistance training. You go into the gym the first time, ninety-five percent of the world are going to be so weak they can barely bench press a bar. But you know, with time, they can you know a lot of people, almost everybody, can become very very strong. And so it's not a value to label yourself as weak in anything at all, because over time you can be strong with, with training and, and that feedback cycle mm -hmm. that we mentioned before. That's such a, that's such a tough mindset thing though. You know, like it's, it's a growth mindset and there's the, obviously you and I operate and any, anybody that listens to like a Lewis house type podcast or anything like that, we operate in this growth mindset world where, yeah, I mean, of course you can improve, you, you know, you can improve for the rest of your life. And, but for for the average person, I guess you would say they think they're kind of stuck in pigeonholed into this box with of the life that they were handed. But mm -hmm. anybody who's trying to play the drums knows that you can obviously improve because the first day that most people picked up the drums, drum uh, sticks, they probably were not very good. But it's mm -hmm. just proof. Like if you can get good at drums, you can really get good at anything because to the average person, amazing drumming is like that's like a miracle. How could you possibly be able to do that? But you know, it's just practice and hard work. Right, right. There's a, you mentioned mindset, growth mindset. There's the the growth mindset and the fixed mindset that yeah. uh, Carol Dweck talks about in the book yeah. Mindset. It's If anyone hasn't read it, you should definitely, you should definitely read it. But also look at your own, look at your drumming and realize that your drumming, like Craig's saying, is no different than your mindset or the things that you do in life. If you can get better at drumming, you can get better at other things in your life, including better at networking, better at being an extrovert, better at business, you know, better at, at, uh, at cultivating better relationships, all that sort of stuff. So I, I 100% agree with that.
Yeah, I like to, I like to use, you know, everybody was familiar with the Christmas Carol uh, story. And remember, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge is a bad, bad guy for a long time. And then all of a sudden he realizes he wakes up and he can change. And mm-hmm. that's the way that we should all look at our lives. That Every day we have the opportunity, opportunity to wake up and change, whether it's changing our network, changing our skills, changing our anything that we want, we can change. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And one last thing, you had mentioned your your Instagram live. I recommend that everyone follows Craig on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Is it real Craig Ballantyne? Yeah, real Craig Ballantyne. And I've been following you, man. You have been killing it. You've been killing it with uh, with the lives. Uh, like I feel like most of the stuff you're doing is in stories and lives, but your audience is growing really quickly. Yeah, and the uh, my audience grows fastest from recommendations of other people, and other people recommend me because they see a lot of my content. Um, it's very interesting. I've, I've really gotten. I'm a really big fan of Instagram. I think I just totally understand it more than than any other any other social media out there. And there's so much opportunity for you to use it. It's not just your main feed, but there's stories in there, which is like your own television show and same with the Instagram live so you're like your own television show but with interaction with people I guess it's more like a play or a, a one-man comedy show because you have this interaction with the audience and it's really really neat I use it I actually use it the, the way that like Chris Rock uses a comedy club in New York, like a small comedy club mm-hmm. to prepare for his HBO shows because I go and do put all this content out on Instagram in various formats and then I turn it into articles YouTube videos and actual products that I sell, but I'm kind of like doing my tester phase through the Instagram uh, stories and lives. And it's a really great way. I've got all these systems and it all is just, it's the best social media out there for, for making connections. How are people finding you if you're not, if you're not doing it on your, on your profile, if you're sticking a lot of it within stories and all that sort of stuff? Because Instagram rewards you for using their platform and for getting engagement. So if you know someone was really into Instagram and wanted to grow an Instagram following, the the three biggest ways to do it are first of all get recommended by somebody with a with large following. Like you know if you can get them in their main post on their main feed to say, hey, go and follow my friend, you know at Real Craig Valentine. You know he was awesome. Here's a picture of us. That's going to get you the most followers. Mm-hmm. The second thing that is going to consistently get you followers is posting valuable and shareable content on your main feed. So for me, what I do is I find stuff that's really popular on other people's pages, like Addicted to Success, Dean Graziosi, Bedros Koulian, you know, guys like that and, and sites like that. And then I repost it with a, you know, giving them credit, of course, but then other people repost it and giving me credit. And so you start to, you know, get a trickle in of that. But then Instagram re- uh, rewards you for using their story features and their live features because they want, obviously, for people to spend more time on the platform. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get people in watching your stories and using polls and encouraging direct messages, then they see engagement in what you're doing and they push you higher in the Explore page. So people are starting to find me through the Explore page now that have never heard of me. And it's because I also do an Instagram Live every day and I get a lot of comments you know, the very first thing I do when I go on there is, hey, tell me where you are. Tell me where you're calling in from. I call it the call-in show with Craig because I keep on thinking that everybody's calling in. It's like Howard Stern or something, you know. And so so by doing that consistently, all of a sudden, um, my stuff is showing up in the Explore page and people are finding me through that. I don't think hashtags do a lot for you these days. Yeah. Again, it's more shareable content. So shareable content, 
recommendations from others and consistently using it and getting engagement is going to be rewarded by Instagram. So Mm -hmm. right now to me, Instagram's kind of in this golden era where if Facebook hasn't messed it up yet and you can reach out to people that have a hundred thousand followers and they'll get back to you uh, through the direct message system. So I think that's also, um, really, really neat about Instagram. Whereas if you tried that on Facebook, you know, no one's really using it anymore. So they probably wouldn't get back to you. They probably have hundreds of messages in there, but direct messaging on Instagram is a way for you to connect up a few rungs on the ladder. For sure. For sure. Solid advice, man, because you've been, I've been watching you. You've been killing it. I've been watching you uh, grow your, grow your audience and you always have amazing content. So everyone can check out the uh, real Craig Valentine on Instagram. And Craig, I want to thank you for one, for all of this great information. And two, this is the second time on the podcast. So you're, you're giving us a lot of your time and a lot of your knowledge. And I appreciate it. I've gotten a ton of feedback on the first episode. I'm sure that I'm going to get a ton on this second episode. So I want to, again, thank you for that, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And I, you know, I'd love for people to reach out on Instagram and let me know like how this has helped them because, you know, that's the most important thing is, is hearing back from people to know that it's working and, and I always say, you know, the, the greatest gift that someone can give a teacher is to follow through and take action on on the advice they are given. So mm-hmm. thanks so much. Well, thank you, dude. And uh, I'll be in touch, man. Thank you again. Awesome. All right. So that was Craig Ballantyne. Again, if you want to hear the first episode that I did with Craig, that is episode 384. This is the second one. Obviously, I hope you got a ton of value out of that. I know that I did. I love Every time I talk to him, I get a lot of great value. Also, don't forget, if you want to win a copy, not only of his book, but you want to win some other stuff like gear and symbols and microphones and practice pads and consulting calls and all that kind of fun stuff, Go on Instagram, turn on your post notifications. As soon as we make a post on Drummer's Resource, I want you to comment on it within 60 seconds. Use the hashtag DR60. Use a thoughtful or leave a thoughtful, sort of thought-provoking comment. Use the hashtag DR60 and you're automatically entered to win some amazing prizes. And there's no limit to how many times you can do it. So check it out on Instagram. Use the hashtag DR60. And that's all I got for you. So keep drumming. I love you. Thanks for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.